All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 72 here on Friday, February 25th. And if you're wondering what happened to episode number 71, which was brilliant, we're now calling that the lost episode. So someday we may resurrect episode number 71, but due to some technical difficulties, we ran we weren't able to provide you with our genius last week. We are humbly sorry for our loyal listeners for not having a week of what a reviewer called the view for old white dudes. <laughs> so, so I'm Tom Powell, your co-host. And I'm Mike McKenna, the lost co-host. And this is as episode number 72, of course... Who is the most famous number 72 in Ed, sports? Ed Too Tall Jones from the Cowboys. Okay, no. Not even close. Carlton Fisk from the Nah, White forget Sox. that guy. He's not even on the list. I have no idea. William the Refrigerator Perry. Oh, come on. <laughs> Stop with that nonsense. <laughs> All right, any announcements from you, sir? Um, I'm a big Ed Too Tall Jones fan. Oh, good for you. No, I don't mind him, but 72 is... Everyone Ed knows who's, Jones. Who's 72 is. Ed Two Tall Jones. Refrigerator, man. Four-time Super Bowl. Chicago Bears. The Bears. Two-time two Super Bowl winner, four-time Super Bowl. Who is this? McMahon. Who's this? Walter Payton. The Bears won one crummy Super Bowl. That's it in their entire freaking history. <laughs> More than the Bills. <laughs> More than the Bills, but many fewer than the Giants. All right. And uh, the I got a few this day in histories for you. You ready? Uh, what is it? February uh, 25, yeah. Yes, sir. This was way back in 1570. This one uh, you won't get, but you'll you'll remember as soon as I start talking about it. Pope Pius V yeah. excommunicated Elizabeth I. Oh, yeah. Good for him. For for her persecution of English Catholics during her That was, good. That was good. I'm glad he did that. Who, who went on to become a saint, of course. Who? Canonized Pope Pius. Yeah. Not, not Elizabeth, right? No, not Elizabeth. No. The other date in history, 1870. 1870, 1570, 1870, the, the Yankees the first, beat the Knickerbockers. No, the oh. first African-American congressman was sworn into the United States Congress. A gentleman named Hiram, Hiram Rhodes Revels. From the state of Louisiana. Republican from Natchez, Mississippi. Mississippi, I knew it was somewhere in the South. Sworn right? into the Senate, becoming the first African-American ever to sit in Congress. At the time, of course... Reconstruction. The state legislatures were filled. The, the the Senate seats were filled by the state legislatures. If only we can go back to those good old days of Reconstruction. Of state legislatures appointing senators. Speaking as someone from Richmond, I'm not exactly sure I'm in favor of going back to Reconstruction. But I take your point more generally. Yes, sir. And uh, of course, this seat was once held by Jefferson Davis, and uh, Mr. Uh, Revels was a Republican, of course. Jefferson Davis was a Democrat. In 1964, this date in history, uh, I don't know. Cassius Clay went on to defeat heavyweight champion Sonny Liston, Sonny Liston for or not, first depending on how the fight, belt. depending what you actually think about that fight. Who, uh, after, as Mike referenced, after Mister Liston chose not to participate in the seventh round, I'm gonna say, and hence was out by TKO. After Sonny Sonny refused to take a dive, he just didn't come out. Yeah, you know? so not sketchy at all, sport fans. All right, um, the so too is written. State of the Union has now been written. It, it's it's all there. There are four acts. I'm sorry. Did some reporter like cough this up? No, I'm. This is me. This is my hypothesis. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The first is the pandemic is over. Sure. 
thanks to Joe Biden and the Democrats. Sure. The second. Hot off the presses. Yes. A memo to interested parties from Impact Research, February 24th, taking the win over COVID-19 after two years that necessitated lockdowns, travel bans, school closures, mask mandates, and nearly a million deaths. Nearly every American family has the tools to protect themselves from the virus. It's time for Democrats to take credit for ending the COVID crisis phase of the COVID war, point to important victories like vaccine distribution and providing <laughs> economic stability to Americans, and fully enter the rebuilding phase that comes after any war. Good Lord. This was a leaked memo, Democratic strategist memo. Before we lay out some thoughts for Democrats positioning themselves on COVID-19, declare the crisis phase over and push for feeling and acting more normal. Thanks to Democrats, we are nowhere near where we were two years ago, or even one year ago. Democrats have a tremendous opportunity to claim an incredible historic success. Because of President Biden and Democrats, we can safely return to life feeling much more normal. Recognize that people are worn out and feeling real harm from the years-long restrictions and take their side. Okay. All right. Look, All right. It is, just goes on and please, on. Please Acknowledge stop. COVID still exists please and likely will for a while. It, it, Don't set COVID zero as the right. victory condition. All right. All right. Let me just... And stop talking about restrictions and the unknown future ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, bad enough I got to read that stuff for a living. Come on, man. All right. Well, okay. So this is this is just this side of like direct mail pieces, right? This is coming off of uh, the heels of, as I mentioned in our lost episode, the New York Times <laughs> coming out with articles like this from David Lionheart. Follow the science. If only it were so easy. Yeah, man. The CDC describes medium rare hamburgers as undercooked and dangerous. True. The agency directs Americans to avoid raw cookie dough and not eat more than a teaspoon of salt. True. If you happen to be somebody who engages in any of these risky activities, I have some bad news for you. I think they're also opposed you to You apparently skating. do not believe in following the science. The article goes on and on and on to discuss how we must balance science, costs and benefits in our policymaking. Yeah. That's stage two. Stage three, of course... And thank you to coronavirus now. The CDC could ease COVID guidelines as soon as today. Now, this follows days of pressure from people asking why it's been dragging its feet. KPX5's Justin Andrews is live here in studio with us. And Justin, it seems like the CDC is moving forward with this now. Yeah, and that's what we're hearing from two sources this morning. In just a matter of hours, we could learn when and where we should wear masks on the federal level. Today, the Biden administration is expected to significantly loosen mask-wearing guidelines. Things are looking good here in the U.S. as a whole. Daily COVID cases dropped 90% since mid-January. That's according to new data. Johns Hopkins University says this dropped from more than 802,000 daily cases to less than 80,000 happened over a six-week period. Today's expected new policy and guidelines comes as the Biden administration moves to shift its focus to preventing serious illness and death rather than all instances of infection. Right now, it's unclear how this new federal guidelines, how these new federal guidelines will affect mask mandates on public transportation or... Okay. The Friday before the State of the, the, state of the Union yeah, address... Man. Right. And of course, in, in a clear example of how the Democrats have saved us from COVID-19 and not the Republicans, 
Another state today uh, dropping the indoor mask mandate as CDC is confirming that their guidance is not changing. Um, but these decisions that are being made at the local level, like you guys always talk about, are out of step with the science that is at the forefront of the CDC, of this White House. So why are we not hearing the same messaging, criticizing states that are you know, making these moves like we've heard previously um, with, for instance, Ron DeSantis? Well, I would say there is a distinct difference between standing in the way, uh, which Ron DeSantis did, or Governor DeSantis, I'll, I'll give him his full title, um, of teachers, uh, school administrators, and others taking steps to protect the students in their school communities. There's a difference between standing in the way of it, threatening to pull back funding, and allowing for local school districts to make choices. Okay. So... This was, of course, before uh, today's miraculous news about the CDC dropping its mask mandate, although we have heard a rumor that somehow airplanes are not quite safe yet. Give it a week. So there, there is part one of the State of the Union. Good Lord, are the other three parts going to go quicker? It's gonna yeah, be they're going to go much quicker. The in the history of mankind. Number two, historic Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, sure. GOP wants to regulate your body. Everybody wave up at, up at, up at Judge Brown. She calls herself Judge John Johnson. Jackson. Jackson, Jackson Judge Brown. Jackson. Yeah. Judge Jackson. Mm-hmm. Okay, sitting there next to next to the first lady. I'm sorry. Yeah, the um, the Dobbs case is coming into a head. Yeah. What's the fourth part? The third is. I thought that was the. Oh. I'm going to fix your roads and bridges. Oh, and climate change. So a nod to be uh, the infrastructure bill. Sure. And the fourth and final uh, component of the State of the Union will be. Now is the time to rally around President Biden yeah, I, to I, defeat the evil Vladimir Putin. Yeah, and that's I, our segue, of course, I, I into don't really the think Ukraine section. I don't think that's how the fourth one's going to actually come I got a feeling that that's going to That's going to get altered. That's going to get altered. I guarantee you that's going to get altered. So, State of the Union is right there. He didn't even... He didn't even you Thank know. you, Democrats, for saving us from the pandemic. Well, what'd you expect? All right. Ukraine, you want to start or do you want me to? Oh, you you first. I don't really have any new thoughts on it. Well, first of all, let's do a little setup clip here, shall we? Sure. All righty. Putin knows if I am president of the United States, <laughs> his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I've gone head to head with Putin and made it clear to him we're not going to take any of his stuff. I'm going to stand up to him. I don't believe we're a nation that's going to bow down to Vladimir Putin. I know I will not. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But I tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. We need someone to take office this time around who on day one can stand on the world stage, command the respect of world leaders from Putin to our allies. We need a commander in chief. When he stands, everybody knows what he or she is talking about. That didn't really age terribly well, did it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got to be honest with you. You, you lose two countries in 13 months. That, yeah. That, yeah seems, not, that seems careless. I mean, I can see. Everybody knows that Putin's not going to mess with me. I've been on the world stage for I mean, I can, since I was, a you know, four years old. Way back in like I can, 1937. I, can, I mean, I could see losing one country, but losing two seems just like I said, kind of careless. Uh, but of course, no fear, because we have we have somebody uh Backing backing uh, Biden up that that is has a strong command of the situation. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. 
I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been bringing together the allies, working together around our collective and unified position, that we would all not just prefer, we desire, we believe it is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment. And so where do we want this to end? That is what. <laughs> it's so bad. When is the last time she spoke in complete sentences? I don't know. I have no idea. And by the way, did, did you know that there has been peace and security in Europe for over 70 years? Yeah, man. I'm sure. Why not? I mean, Someone might want, to... want to check in on the Bosnians and well, see how they feel about that. I wasn't thinking about that. I was like, you might want to ask the Hungarians or the, you know, the Czechs. How they turn... Or the Crimeans. How did that turn out in 56 or 68, right? It, it, look, I, I, here's the thing. And this is something everybody should think about, right, while they're thinking about this. Um, if someone can't speak clearly... It's because they can't think clearly. Or they're lazy no, and, and don't no. want to bother. No, it's because they they cannot think clearly. They, if you can think clearly, you can speak clearly. You want to know how you know this? Because children are very clear about what they want. I want this. I want that. The more words that creep into sentences, the less clarity there is in the sentences. And, or, or confidence and, that you are in your command of this. And of the... I was going to say the vice president and the president to a lesser degree. Just love the word salad. I know it's they just crazy, love right? it. I mean that that answer could have been anything. It could that answer could have been in response to a question ranging from, "What are we going to do in Europe?" to "What How should are we, we going to handle the border?" Forget to... it. To, to what should we have for lunch today? I mean, it was right. all just like, "Hey, here's a bunch of words." Yeah, it, let's it, face it, guys. It is. You know. It's terrible. This 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 administration, like I said, two countries in thirteen months. Even by the incredibly difficult low bar that other American presidents have set, it's the lowest ever. The only guy who can match it is Abe Lincoln. I mean, he lost seventeen states in the first thir- seventeen, thirteen states in the first, um, you know, in the first couple of months. That's it. He's it. All right. Um, of course, their big weapon is sanctions. Oh, brother. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the run up to Putin's act of aggression. Um, I guess there's a little bit of a disconnect between the president and his and all of his staff on the issue of, of d- deterrence. No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. They're meant to prevent and deter a large-scale invasion. We want them to have a deterrent effect. The sanctions are designed in the first instance to try to deter Russia from taking further aggression. As well as our efforts to uh, both try to deter Russia uh, through sanctions. If you pull the trigger on that deterrent, well, then it doesn't exist anymore as a deterrent. Okay. You know, <laughs> I said this like every week for the last year or so. Not really, last six months. The, 
These guys are hopeless. They're terrible. They're, They're just, children. They're, They're just, children. And in my in my comments yesterday, I said it's time for grownups to start running their energy policy. I don't, it's because time, this is now no longer up. like like. So he sanctions. He sanctions. Here's the thing, right? He sanctions two banks, but he doesn't sanction them through the SWIFT process, right? No, because he, he doesn't sanction. Two European countries objected to that. Who cares? He, he, who cares? Right. He sanctions he sanctions them a little bit on the energy side, Nord Stream 2, but not Gazprom and not Rosneft. It's right? beyond that. Okay. It's for, beyond for, that. For, for, for those of you, I want to ha- just cough up one fact here on the sanction side that, that might give you some sense of how important it is, right? United States, we import about 10%, or at least about 9% of our oil from Russia. Um, it's a little bit higher. I think it's in the, it's in the 11%. No, no, it's not. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. checked it as recently as this morning. Right. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. Pick, right. pick, your, number, 9/11, pick 11. your number. It's a couple hundred million bucks a day that we are sending. To, we are sending. That to we this, are sending to, to Vladimir Putin. That's right. To fund his war. That's right. And, and don't get me wrong. I understand the fungibility of oil and all that other hoorah. Um, but that's exactly you know the, you you had an American president who couldn't even say, yeah, look, we're not going to buy any more Russian oil. It, which is they can't because of the box they put themselves sure, in. They're just they're, because they refuse. They keep saying they got all these tools and they're going to fight like the devil to lower gas prices, and they're not pulling the trigger on any tool that they don't even need Congress going to use all to the manage tools and the tools. In box. fact, they they're even doubling down on locking down our oil and gas as we discuss as we're sitting here discussing this right now. They're the best. And by the way, the, this whole Nord Stream two thing. Is revisionist history. Is there a concern that Nord Stream 2, if Russia were to make concessions or uh, retreat in some way, that that might open up the door to Nord Stream 2 going back online? Or is it your understanding that it is dead no matter what Russia does? Well, I would first say that, um, you know, the president has never been a supporter of Nord Stream 2. We've always uh, criticized it as a as a, a project that we didn't support. We took a range of steps and sanctions, including sanctions, to make that very clear. Uh, what the announcement made by the German chancellor today was uh, not by accident. It was at the conclusion of a range of diplomatic engagement and efforts by the president and members of our national security team and unity uh, from the Europeans about the fact that this could not move forward. We've Okay. I just, as I said a couple episodes ago, and not during the lost episode, or maybe it was, and so it bears repeating. This this whole circle back segment stuff used to be a little bit comical. Yeah, man. But now it's just downright, like, I'm just downright, like, what's the word you use? You like, I'm, I'm radicalized by this radicalized. lady. She is a bolt. She is staring at the camera and lying. Wow. Literally lying. Joe yeah. Biden lifted the sanctions on Nord Stream 2 and then he lobbied the United States Senate to oppose legislative sanctions on Nord Stream 2 so that him and his crack team, which we just talked about earlier, could negotiate hard with with Germany and Europe, their allies, to put sanctions on Nord Stream 2. Do they think we're stupid or they just don't care? I mean, because I don't know. How you could do this? Uh, you know, I myself have always been totally indifferent to Nord Stream Two. I understand that you have, I, but but you're right. I understand that you you're have. right. She, you know, she. The, these guys are these guys are sort of 
well, you know they're going to rewrite the history around us a little bit. They have to. It's a disaster to not, right? Yeah, and I'm going to give you one more clip on this. On which one? Ukraine on, or Russia too? On Ukraine. Okay, yeah. and I'm, this is why Putin isn't concerned about a U.S. response <laughs> in a mere eight seconds. To be clear, our sanctions are not designed to cause any disruption to the current flow of energy from Russia to the world. Yeah. Um, and just to put a fine to uh, a fine print on that, the DOE sent out a memo. Yeah. Making it clear that no bank should impede any transaction that has to do with any form of Russian energy. Wow. I wonder if the climate change guys know that. <laughs> it, yeah. The, so when the president detoured his press conference yesterday to point out that, that he was going to fight real hard to make sure no American sunny increased prices from this, right away I'm like, okay, so you're not sanctioning Gazprom. You're not sanctioning Rosneft. Um, you're not stopping your own purchase of imported Russian oil. You're not stopping anybody up in the Mystic Hub from picking up LNG cargoes that could originate in Russia. Um, it's I'm not exactly sure what these sanctions are supposed to accomplish. You're not sanctioning bank transfers, um, so I'm not exactly sure what any of these sanctions are supposed these to sanctions do. To these are, what these sanctions are supposed to do is is show the appearance of of trying to do something about something that Vladimir Putin knows full well we have no intention of sta standing in his way in, mm. any, in any meaningful way, shape, or form on this. And meanwhile, if you look at Twitter, there's some raw footage of really, really atrocious things happening right now. Shelling hospitals, running over vehicles with tanks. Are you trying to tell me that war is not pretty? I, you know, it's all, you know, it's like, we're all sitting here, you know, going back and forth on this stuff. But in the meantime, while we are talking, people are dying yeah, and I getting get... mowed over by tanks. I, what, what did everyone think it was going to be? It, well, exactly. But my point is, is that this, this – and the idea that somehow – this is Trump's fault. This is also what's well, what's running through the MSNBC. Everybody, everybody knows that's stream, nonsense, right? Everybody knows that's it's nonsense. just insane. It's it's it, it, everyone knows it's nonsense. Look, that's why the State of the Union to, to go circle back for a second. That's why the State of the Union is going to be a complete bust, right? Because he's going to get up and take credit for the vaccine and all that other stuff, right? He saved us from COVID. And don't he, forget. Well, and well, the he, Dems are going to be oh, woo, you know they did without pretty, their masks. They did a pretty good job on the distribution of the vaccine. True, they did a terrible job on everything else, right? That's okay. They didn't have to distri distribute the vaccine. They could have made it available to natural uh, market-based no, 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 distribution no, no, no. centers. Just look, don't, C don't. CVS, stop, Walgreens, Stop cetera, the propaganda. Stop the uh, propaganda. It's not propaganda. They could, they, could have, they could have done a bunch of different things, but they were good on the distribution of the vaccine. Fine. That's period. Whatever. Full Whatever. stop. It I happened. Mean, okay, They great. did. The Trump guys were good on the creation of the vaccine. Not a vaccine, but good on the creation of the vaccine and terrible at everything else. I'm comfortable with both of those things. You know what? The American people are comfortable with both of those things, too. That's what they believe. And that's right, because it's true. The point is, State of the Union is going to fail on that. It's going to fail on the Ukraine thing. But I, I you know, firmly— it, it really, I, as best I can tell— And he, By the way, the other thing is he's going to talk about job growth. I didn't hear that in the four things. He's going to talk about job growth. He's going to talk about economic growth. No one's going to buy that either. Well, why not? He's got the best—right now, he's got the best quarter of economic growth in the last 50 years. It's a legit, it's a legit claim. I mean, it was paid for with all taxpayer money, but it's a yeah. legit claim. What, what is the re result of all of that, all those pay-fors? 
the fact that wage wage increases are nowhere near coming yeah, anywhere yeah, near yeah, yeah, yeah. Inflation, inflation all that stuff. yeah no right? but I, i'm not saying it i'm not saying holistically so he's if got you're spending argument. money faster than you're making it you don't feel like you have I a agree. job i agree look all i'm saying is that's what he's going to talk about he's going to talk about job growth he's going to talk about economic growth and he's obviously not going to talk about ukraine that's crazy no, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna implore us to do our patriotic duty yeah, to yeah, rally yeah, yeah. around it. Except me. but don't take any right. don't take any price increases okay, so, in gasoline. So special I, I said there wouldn't be any more Ukraine clips, and I don't know if this counts as a Ukraine you clip just, or a COVID or a climate clip. So you gotta give me a little bit of credit. You gotta give me a little slack on this one. This is special K. Yeah, man. Uh just the day before I think I know what's coming. Vladimir rolled into Ukraine. Here we go. <laughs> I'm very concerned about I'm concerned about Ukraine because of the people of Ukraine and because of the principles that are at risk uh, in terms of international law and trying to change boundaries of international law by force. Uh, I thought we lived in a world that had said no to that kind of activity, and I hope diplomacy will win. But massive uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention <laughs> because they will be diverted. And and uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing and his infrastructure is at risk and the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. <laughs> so you see, Putin is sitting around it's going, you know, I should deploy some of those electric tanks. So, I really so got to keep my, my Paris targets right now, you know? So two things, right? First off. Um, and, and by the way, before you get into it, you, you might be catching this one. Again, He's so full of crap when it comes to the to the uh, science on uh, this just, stuff. Just it's in, it's just even, it's mind boggling to yeah. me. Like in my list of recommendations for Biden, which of course he wasn't going to do, one of them was to fire Kerry oh, and why? also fire why? Brian Deese. Why? But I have why? mixed feelings about that because of comments like this. I had a guy on the Hill ask me, "Could could we home and rule him? Basically, identify him and cross out his appropriated money, so he couldn't he didn't have the position." I'm like, you could. Why would you? Why would you, man? Yeah. This guy's the gift that keeps giving. There's two things about it, right? One is it's impossible to parody these people. There's no way he was listening to himself while he was saying that because it's just – it's so unalterably bad slash dopey. There's just no way he, he could have said it. That, so that's thought one I had and, and thought two I had. And I want to – this is serious. I'm going to say this. And I, and I bring this up in my column on Monday, right, that I, that I just filed. Um, it's sad. I mean, you have a guy who's clearly not capable of doing this job. Which um, one? Pick one. Both of them, but no, really. No, pick one. There's, there really, are so many of them. But really, Kerry. I mean, let's just focus on Kerry. Stay focused on Kerry, right? He's a 78-year-old guy who's clearly not capable of doing his job. And he, you know, it, it's, it's sad that none of the people in his life have said to him, hey, John, it, it's probably time to retire and like, Go off to one of your mansions and you know go windsurfing. It, you could say the same thing for the big guy, you the could. guy in the big chair. You man. could, but truthfully, look, his wife should have been a lot kinder to him. Okay, let's take look, Biden but, for a second. But it's stop, having stop, real, stop, real, 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 
real implications. Okay, okay. first off, take a step away from the psychosis and the All right, right wing, okay? Fine. I mean, you know, don't don't it's lose. It's all fun and games until Ukrainians start getting run over by tanks. What difference does it make to you? It, it, it makes if it makes a difference. Listen, Hillary. If it makes a difference, if it makes a difference. Listen, Hillary. If it makes a difference to you, look to everybody out there who cares about it. I have one piece of advice: get a gun and go to Ukraine. Don't don't make me go. Don't send my people. I don't. Go. I'm not suggesting Bullshit. to go that far. You, what are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not happy that we're deploying troops. It it doesn't have to happen. Okay. Is my if point. If you don't want to deploy troops, but you, I get once. But okay. It, to the point on let's go back to Joe Biden for a fine. second. He handled that press conference fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't what I would have said, but he handled it fine. At no point did he say, Hey man, I hope Putin stays on track with climate change. Or, hey, you know, I'm here to talk about Ukraine, but I'd be just as happy to talk about some other obscure policy that no one cares about. You know, I guess what I'm saying is in the big in the big stakes of cognitive decline. I get the feeling John Kerry's like probably ten years ahead of Joe Biden. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, he, I, but there's, he's there's he's no supremely way. confident, always supremely oh, confident in his complete botching of everything that he I, that he talks about. I have to be honest with you. Um, that is the one time in my life when I'm perfectly willing to listen to critiques of rich white guys from like not rich white guys. You know, when they just say, hey, look, there's just a hell of a lot of privilege that attaches if you're a rich white guy. And there is. Because if it was anybody else who spilled that nonsense, he'd have gotten fired. It, it, no, no. Yes. I want him there. No, we want him there so he could provide us with I was more, say, the guy's more content. More, more content. Guys, a content. Unregulated provider. podcast. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Burn, baby, burn. Is this about Bernie Williams? New England heat. Home heating oil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is from Bloomberg. All right. New England power plants burn most oil since 2011. Yeah, sure. As gas soars. Oil-generated power was 1.03 million megawatt hours in January. Gas pipeline shortage means region burns more oil for energy. This this who, couldn't... You who, couldn't... Who, this who is Noreen Malik. Yeah. You couldn't, like, typify the left's energy-slash-climate agenda... More, more we, succinctly than just just reading that that headline. Did we talk about this a couple of weeks ago? We might have talked about it in the last episode. Okay, let me let me just real, let me just real quickly run through it. Uh, about uh, two or three weeks ago, ten senators, all Democrats, seven of them from New England, right, sent a letter to um, Secretary Granholm from Canada, um, and um, and I said, hey, we think that you should take a hard look at exportation of LNG. Because it's increasing prices here in the States. Okay, now leaving aside the incredibly bad economics of that argument and leaving aside the incredibly lousy timing of it, given that their own president was wandering around trying to get everybody to export LNG to Europe, there's two other things about it, right? Um, first off, any one of those senators could have helped New England get a pipeline built from, well, basically- It's about 155 miles. 50 miles That's from right. the heart of the Marcellus. That's right. To New England, yeah, you, you, to the heart of New England. You build a you build a pipeline across the Hudson River. It wouldn't cost it's you that much. It's pretty darn simple, right. and it could be done fairly quickly too. Certainly by the end of 150 next 150 miles of pipeline take you take you three four months. Um, or if you're of a bent of mind, you could um, they could have advocated for getting rid of the Jones Act at least with respect to energy trade, right? In that case, you could load up a tanker of LNG in Houston at five bucks. 
and roll it up to, roll it up to Boston, Boston Harbor and drop it, drop it at Everett. Instead Ever of Terminal. competing with the guys in the Trinidad and, well, the Trin- and, and Russia. Here's the bad news, right? The Trinidad gas is essentially dried Pretty up. Pretty much gone. It's dried up. So you're basically competing with everybody in the basin, which means the Europeans. Europeans paying 30 bucks now for this stuff this this year, this winter, right? Which means the Bostonians, New Englanders, paying 30 bucks, which what which is why, to to come circle, they're burning um resid oil number two in their power plants. Because <laughs> it's, it's the cheapest can't option. Make this stuff up. It is the craziest thing. You can't. It is the craziest thing. And the thing is, those seven senators, those seven New England senators on that letter. They knew all this stuff. Ed of Markey, course, they're Ed, not stupid. Ed Markey, Ed Markey, is from Everett. He's literally his mother. Assuming she's still up, lives down the street from the terminal. He knows everything there is to know about New England's energy markets, and he still signed that stupid. By letter. the way, if if you're listening, to- Toby Rice, CEO of EQT, mm-hmm. you got to come. You got to support the American Energy Alliance. <laughs> come on, Toby. <laughs> I mean, this guy is like right, spot on again, right? He's sure. like, in a letter Wednesday to Granholm, Rice said burning LNG would have, banning LNG exports would have no impact on New England gas prices since the region has no active LNG export facilities. And the problem could easily be fixed by allowing the completion of pipelines that have been delayed or canceled amid fierce opposition from environmental groups. And by the way, um, it, it, which which energy source produces more CO two emissions, oil or natural gas? Uh, when you burn it for you know, electricity, oil oil is a nasty nasty mm. thing to burn for mm-hmm. electricity. It's good for home heating oil, great in cars once you refine it out. But resid two is a particularly nasty CO two emissions across ISO New England's power network jumped fifty one percent in January. Yeah, I'm amazed it's not higher. The um, it, it, so along the same track, by the way, uh, Germany announced the other day that it expected its emissions. Um, in 22 and 23 and 23 to be higher than they originally anticipated and beyond their um, targets they, they agreed to under Paris. Just just okay, just because they too are starting to burn things like biomass and um, oil. And so. just two two quick two more quick hits here. Uh, Europe European utilities are buying more Russian natural gas from Gazprom via Ukraine pipelines more today than they did before. Yeah. Putin invaded. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because it has to do, and I don't completely understand it, but it has to do with the rollover of options, right? It, this is the, this being the last um, Friday of the month, they have to, <laughs> they have to roll over options. So it, it's apparently cheaper. It's symbolically, it just it tells crazy. you everything you need to know about what about the situation. Uh, as I said, way, right? uh, United States, 200, 200 million American dollars are going to Russia right today. We're burnt. We are f- literally fueling his war. Yeah, man. Because of the stupid decisions that this administration has made over the past year. Well, in all fairness, it's not just. And it's a stupid decision. Wall Street. That, well, in Europe. And Wall Street is, in essence. Wall Street hasn't made any stupid decisions. Running, putting sanctions on U.S. oil and gas firms. Okay, let's just. Can we just stop that for a second? Not investing in something is not the same as putting sanctions on it because BlackRock I doesn't understand. want to do it. Come on, man. I understand. Larry Fink has his money. He should be allowed to do what he wants. All right. So you so, even so if the future the future is investing in slavery. Europe just Europe just granted uh, declared decreed that g- gas and, and and nukes are now green. Yes. right. So can, or can be considered. So green we can solve the climate crisis with nuclear for purposes of investment. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. So so France said, "Well, we're going to build like eleven new nuke plants." Is it? Is it they announced that? 
a couple weeks back. Okay. Yeah. Which is odd because they probably just retired about 10. Yeah. This is from AP News. Uh, this was today. Miami. Federal officials have reversed the decision to allow a South Florida nuclear power plant to continue running for another 30 years by ordering a new review of potential environmental risks, including those posed by climate change. Crystal River? The U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission issued an order Thursday to reverse a 2019 decision by a previous Republican-led commission to extend Florida Power and Light's operating license for two reactors at the Turkey Point Nuclear Power Plant until 2052 and 2053, respectively. Wow. But I missed. On the day. Wow. Well, I mean, you probably didn't miss this, but FERC coughed up two draft policy statements, one on pipelines, one on greenhouse gases, that basically is going to make it impossible to build pipes. Yeah. Um, again, that was Thursday of last yeah. week. Yeah. Right. So people's, just, just, people's, people's just for those who are, are not in town who are listening, like my cousin and others, these are the these are the ridiculous things that your government is doing. They keep saying they want this this policy oh, yeah. of no emissions, zero emissions, and yet the policies that they pr- promote, including pr- pr- preventing pipelines from being built and denying licenses for nuclear plants yeah, to continue running, are doing the exact opposite. It's kind of concerning. The exact opposite. It's kind of concerning the NRC would reopen that. That's usually closed off. Hmm. So. All right. Well, this is from NPR, so uh, it's not a Fox poll, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. A new majority says Biden's first year was a failure. How in the hell could anybody say anything <laughs> else? NPR PBS News Marist poll says 56% believe Biden's first year in office was a failure versus just 39 who said it was successful. What's more, 54% said he's not fulfilling his campaign promises, thankfully. And 52% said he has done more to divide the country than unite it. Despite uniting the country being a pair of Biden's 20, pillar of Biden's 2020 presidential run. Yeah. The president is, in this poll, the president is clinging to a 39% overall approval rating, a 36% approval for his handling of the economy, 47% is high watermark for handling the coronavirus, which, by the way, seems to go up and down. Yeah, man. When when the when the virus spikes and wanes, I don't know if you noticed that. Sure. Just thirty percent of respondents said they think the U.S. headed in the right direction. Days before Biden is set to give his first formal State of the Union, which of course we have broken down for you. So, right. so NP- NPR poll. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that's about right. I think that's about right. Yeah, I think, I think the Republicans should avoid triumphalism. Still, I I got to read this headline because it just came over the transom. It may be the single greatest headline I've seen in the Washington Times, so I want to read it, not including mine. Um, <laughs> Is there excluding your columns? Yeah, definitely excluding all my right, columns. All right. Which, by the way, the the the, the uh, column on Monday, if they don't fidget with the headline, is when propaganda dies, um, the end of climate hysteria. Oh yes, that's the Thank real you. that's the real story in in, in, in Ukraine. I got to read this headline. It's uh, it's from Jeff Murdoch, who's, who's really a good writer. Biden heads to Delaware. Russian troops heads head towards Kiev. Perfect. <laughs> this is like Biden apparently scrapped his schedule this afternoon. He's going to Delaware. He needs some rest. It's I'm been like, a busy couple of days. Like, hey, yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to no, say. I, I, mean, I mean, the headline's I, great, but the underlying story is like, what in the world? Yeah. I don't blame him. Oh, man. All right. So I got one from uh, the Washington Times. 
the latest column from opinion writer, comment, commentator extraordinaire, Michael McKenna. I don't know who that guy is. The most consequential West Virginian. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Who is it? Pat Morrissey. No, it's not Joe Manchin? What? No, no. You're throwing me for a loop here, fella. What's going on? <laughs> the Morrissey campaign. All right. What do you, wh- why, why do you believe Patrick Morrissey <laughs> is perhaps the most consequential oh West Virginia? You know, you're like the sixth person to ask me this share, question share, today. Share with the audience. Patrick Morrissey. Patrick Morrissey is the attorney general of the state of West Virginia. West Virginia is challenging an EPA regulation in court on Monday, this Monday, right? the 28th. They're going to argue before the Supreme Court. Pat's going to argue pretty strongly that um, EPA has overstepped its statutory authority and cannot, in fact, issue this regulation under the um, law that um, they think they can. Um, The court's going to have to decide whether the um, regulation is inbounds. The deference that they give to agencies is called Chevron deference under the court case Chevron versus EPA in 1984. Um, Chevron doctrine pretty much says, hey, man, the agencies, you know, Congress tosses the ball to agencies. They can do what they want. When in doubt, the regulators are right. Are right. Which is a crazy way to think about it if you think about it for 10 seconds. Um, I'm pretty confident court's going to trim their sales pretty bad. Um, it is one of six Chevron cases, right? Two on, on the healthcare side, the OSHA vaccine mandate, right? Which is already decided. Uh, this one and the WOTUS case is coming up. Um, which is water to the U.S. rule, which in essence means that um, if the federal government has gets its way, they can regulate puddles. That's right. In um, your yard and tell you what you can and can't do with your private property if you have a, quote, wetland in your property as defined expansively. By previously the Obama administration, which was rescinded by the Trump administration, rightly so. And this administration is seeking or attempting to go back to the, the, the notion that the feds yeah. can control your your private property through the regulation of water. So the importance of the whole thing is if, if Pat's right and wins, um, the regulatory state will shrink up, right? It'll it'll stop get stopped in its tracks and it will start to um, – to retreat, right? Because uh, not only it's not only going to affect this. Anybody who's ever thought, "Hey, that regulation is way out of bounds," is going to show up in oh, court yeah. start, and challenge, start it, right? filing lawsuits. Yeah. This could be. It, this is going to be. May the I most... paraphrase for you, sir, yeah, for sure. your fine commentary? This sure. could be the most consequential yeah. thing yeah. that anyone from West Virginia could. The, the process, the starting the, this yes. process, because yeah. it could have a snowball down the mountain type effect. That's right. And it would, most importantly, what it would do is force Congress to do its job. Well, I don't really even agreed. I don't really care about that because I think Congress is never going to do its job, not again in my lifetime. Um, but what it's going to do is is force the federal government to retrench back to where its statutory authority is, yes. right? Which yes. is, you know, that that tide is going to recede. And if and, you, and honestly, if the if the combination is right, where you describe where Congress still can't get off its butt and actually make decisions, it's probably better for us less government guys, right? Because it means that federal government is go is receding in terms of regulations, and yeah. Congress isn't keeping up with yeah, the, yeah, or yeah, updating or, or, right. or changing or whatever, right? So I it mean, might not be a bad I thing. Mean, but as an institutionalist, I do I do think that it would be important for Congress to function 
somewhat, you know, as well, was intended. Maybe. I don't know. I've taken the oath from the Constitution a couple of times. And the one thing that strikes me about the Constitution is it's set up specifically to make sure you can't do too much. So I'm okay with them not doing too much. Um, anyway, everyone thinks Joe Manchin, truth be told, in the next 10 years, the most consequential guy might be Patrick Morrissey. And, and um, so anyway, it's a, you know, cheers to the to the little guys. He's a bit of a talker. It's going to be a whirlwind of a next few months here. The it second quarter is going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah. This yep, is going yep, to be yep, super. Yep. I'm so Not, excited. We'll have lots of stuff to I'm talk about. I'm very excited. In the meantime, in a very serious note, yeah. all of the um, people who are in harm's way, civilians, folks who are fighting, folks that were sent over uh, another increase in troops, Yep. God, watch over them, protect them. And and hope that we that loss of life is is minimized in this whole thing because at the end of the day we all you know we can't forget that this this is atrocious stuff on the ground, yeah man right yeah sure. so that's, that's... well this is all I have sir really any best and finals for you any announcements announcements um, next week I encourage everybody to pay attention to the press coming out of the the February twenty eighth thing. Um, the Supreme Court arguments. I would remind you that um, Ash Wednesday is Wednesday. That's right. March 2nd. Absolutely. Yay. Time for me to give up smoking. Time to get ready. To, to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. We're going we're gonna to sh shuffle out of here with an oldie but a goodie. Super Bowl shuffle. The Bears. Namaste.